you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, but we're still not totally sure what day it is. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant. Michael F. Florio is off this week, so sitting in... Laquan Jones, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Welcome Glad to back. be here. Yeah, this is awesome, man. I mean, I love to talk ball with you guys. So. Yeah, man. It's good to have you back. Uh, of course, if you don't know Laquan, one, where you been? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was on with us just a few weeks ago, but you can find him on Twitter at Real Deal Fantasy. Uh, he also is one of our researchers here at NFL Network. Yes, what sir. else are you doing, man? You, you've got multiple things going on. Man, i, I just been hanging low key. You know right. what I mean? I've just been kind of taking a step back and I sh- I'm still behind the scenes grinding, doing the notes and staying up to up to date. But, you know, I've been kind of chilling and enjoying this little L.A. summer that we're about. To yeah, get. well, you know, it's about to be <laughs> summer, right? I was I was telling you the other day, uh, you have not had a real. By the way, let me before I get into all of that, uh, we do. We are in studio. So we've got yeah. Josh and Susie here. Please give yourselves a round of applause. Yay! What up, what up, what up? Um, no, but I was telling you the other day, you and I were also uh, on a live stream mock draft pod. Uh, with Joe Pisapia and Andrew Erickson and the guys yeah. over at Fantasy Pros. And I was saying that, you know, one one of these years, you're going to get an actual normal L.A. summer yeah. where last year when you first moved here, it was ungodly hot. 160 Just degrees. Un- unseasonably <laughs> warm, even for Los Angeles. This year, uh, it's been sort of cool and cloudy and overcast. But the sun's starting to come out, and I yeah. think now that today is the official first day of summer, I think summer is going it. to happen. Yeah, because it felt like Jersey weather with all the rain and stuff. It's yeah. kind of cold, and it's like 40 degrees in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I move back? No, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I, I, I petitioned Governor Gavin Newsom. I'm like, I don't pay my tax dollars for this. I need you to fix it. Make it be make it be Los Angeles again. Normal. Um, so I think I think we're actually heading that way. Thank anyway, uh, enough of that, because I'm sure there are people in other parts of the country where it is triple digits. Uh, we're like, you know, just shut up. Um, and actually, on if you if you were out there, I know it is it is dangerously hot in some places in the country. So please, uh, you know, stay safe. Uh, hydrate. Stay cool. Hydrate for sure. Um, you know, and just just try to be well uh, wherever you are. Anyway. Uh, thought today we would talk about what I'm calling black box offenses. These are offenses that when it comes to drafting, we don't have a real idea. Maybe we do, but there's nothing that immediately jumps out at us. Uh, these are offenses that last year were not particularly good. Nope. And we're trying to figure out where maybe we can go. So I pulled some headlines relating to each of these teams and we'll sort of dive into those. Plus, uh, we're not doing Florio's Film Festival this week because, well, <laughs> Florio's not here. But we do have a movie-themed uh, game that uh, brought to us courtesy of Laquan. We're calling it Keep, Trade, or Cut. Ooh. We'll explain a little bit more when we get to that uh, near the end of the show. But let's start with a little bit of news because there have been some headlines even here in the middle of June. Which yeah, is, some pretty good ones, too. We have some pretty good ones because this is, I would say this, the NFL offseason. I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't, <laughs> who, who can't see us right now literally runs from about 
maybe the start of June to about the middle of July. There you go. Yeah. Camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that mini camps are over, everybody has sort of scattered to the winds. This is sort of the deadest period of the summer. But we do still have some news. Mm-hmm. News-ish. News-like substance. <laughs> we'll call it that. huh? Uh, first in Detroit, Amon Ross St. Brown says he wants to be used more as a downfield pass catcher. Ooh. And there are some indications that he is sort of uh, trying to adjust his skill set a little bit and, and kind of build himself out to be more of a downfield threat. Yeah. Now, we all love the sun god. Uh, Amon Ra's been amazing his first couple of years, and we no longer have to have the conversation about whether he is hashtag good or not. Yeah. Um, we all sort of know. This is a guy that's coming off the board early second round. Uh, if you're feeling really frisky, maybe you reach for him at the, the tail end of the first round. Yeah. He's been amazing his first couple of years. We think of him as a wide receiver one, but he's been a guy that's worked sort of underneath. Our pal Matt Harmon calls him Bud Light Cooper Cup because he sort of works Love that it. area. <laughs> uh, I, want him, I want him to get a beer upgrade. I want him to be something better go. than Bud Light. Anyway, <laughs> if he starts to become that downfield threat, if he becomes a guy who starts picking up more splash plays, more big chunk plays instead mm-hmm. of run after the catch, does this mean we're possibly underdrafting Amon Ra? Uh, right now, I think we kind of are, but not by much. You know, I think I would take a Mon Ra before CD Lamb or Devontae Adams. Or, and it's kind of close for me with Garrett Wilson. But when it comes to the ranks on the back end of like that top 10 wide receiver list, like I honestly have been taking him on the turn in that 112 spot, snagging Wilson or AJ Brown to pair with him. You know what I mean? So that's like a good little combination you can get in the end of drafts. But you know, wide receiver 10 right now is a good spot for him. I'm very comfortable. But, you know, for the benefit, for the rest of the drafts that I have coming up at the 112 spot, probably going to stop talking right now about my strategy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the trick with doing this is that you have to talk about what you do and then you end up in drafts with people who yeah. listen to the show. I'm thinking and, like two drafts ahead. Like I'm definitely at that 111, 112 spot. You know, let me, then, let me then, be quiet right now. You end up with drafts and <laughs> in, in drafts with people who listen to the show and mm-hmm. all of a sudden your whole world gets flipped upside down when a guy that you love gets snatched <laughs> two picks ahead they, of you. They actually reach on him and right. it's like, come it's, on, bro. It is the worst. <laughs> the absolute stone worst. Um, you mentioned he is at wide receiver 10 right now. And yeah. This is always the question I sort of ask myself when I talk about as a player being underdrafted, you know, should you move him up? It's like, well, who do you move him ahead of? Yeah. And as I look at the names, I guess maybe you could make a case for Devontae Adams, but, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if Devontae went ahead of him. I don't know. Maybe you make a case for for Garrett Wilson. Yeah. But again, you know, it, it can go sort of either way. So I do think 10 is kind of the spot for him. But man. If he really does become more of a downfield pass that's catcher. That's going to be disgusting. It's going to be bad. Disgusting. And especially it's going to be unfair. Once, uh, once Jamison Williams is back from his yeah. suspension, that gives them a couple of guys who can be big chunk play guys. Happy for Jared offense. Goff, I will say that. So are you? I mean, because you uh, are I'm, a Rams I'm, fan. Like, listen. you're cool. Like, you know, I mean, I guess, look, I guess he got you a, he didn't get you a Super Bowl. He got you no. two-way Super Bowl. He didn't two-way get you a Super Bowl. But uh, no, I'm really happy for what he's doing over there in Detroit, man. He He's really upgraded his, uh, I like to call QB IQ. Okay. Like his decision-making is it's phenomenal this past season. He hasn't thrown an interception since, I think, November 9th. Wow. Nine. Like, he, he actually stepped up to the plate this season with the weapons that he was given and i think they take another step forward you know going to this next season and i think what's amazing about that is that that was sort of the knock on him when he left la was that you know he really relied on sean, sean mcveigh yeah. crutch to kind of get him through um but he really seems to kind of be coming into his own yeah. in, in detroit i mean i think for fantasy we know he's always going to be kind of a 
you know, high end QB too. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of what he's doing for the Lions offense, it's looked good. Hey, I'm, I'm ready for week one versus the Chiefs. He's going to put up a lot of points. That's, I'll tell you that. <laughs> man, that is going to be an interesting <laughs> fantasy potential smash spot yeah. uh, with those two offenses. Over to Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals reportedly could look to add a veteran free agent running back if Joe Mixon's contract can't be resolved. The Bengals would like Ideally, for Mixon to restructure, to take a pay cut. Um, look, I've been on record as saying I am pro player. I want these dudes to get all they can. If you can get the bag, go get Cash the bag. Cash money, yeah. Um, but, you know, that that aside, the Bengals want to sort of restructure. You know, they, they're looking around at what the free agent market is. I mean, with the guys you still have out there, right? Like Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, yeah. uh, Kareem Hunt, Leonard mm-hmm. Fournette, some of the names that are still out there in free agency, uh, you know, if things don't go the way they want, there's still some rumblings that maybe uh, they could move on from Mixon and try to go get somebody else. Yeah. I feel like, Laquan, after the NFL draft, when the Bengals didn't really add any pieces to that backfield, no. we were all like, okay, well, it's cool now. Like, Mixon's locked in. Yeah. Uh, now there's some kind of uncertainty. When, when you look and you get to the spot where Mixon is, is potentially coming off the board, how have you handled that? I've honestly, I felt comfortable taking Mixon as my RB2 because, like, He's falling as far as like the fourth round. And I think that's a safe spot when you're drafting a guy that has like 260 plus touches on the table. I mean, coming off a career high in targets, reception, you know, receiving yards. And he finished second on his team in red zone targets. So it looks like they got him involved heavily in that passing game last season. So his involvement in the passing game is why I'm rolling the dice on him. And you can also go running back on that turn. Like if you're in that, you know, late fourth round spot, like that early fifth round, and you can grab a Kenneth Walker, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, et cetera, guys that are still available there, guys that could potentially outperform their ADP. So Mixon's ADP is down right now because of all field issues and the question with his contract. And even if they do add a veteran, like this guy finished RB6 last season, and I think he's capable to being a top 10 running back again you know, if things go all well with the contract reconstruction and stuff. I think when you look at Joe Mixon, um, the idea this year that he really could add to his pass catching ability is kind of intriguing, right? Mm -hmm. Samaj P. Ryan isn't there anymore. Uh, He's moved on. And so a lot of those targets that previously had gone toward P. Ryan, you know, they're not all going to get funneled to Joe Mixon, but I think a good chunk of them potentially can. Um, You mentioned the off-field stuff. There is the belief that a suspension potentially could be coming. We have no idea how long uh, at that point. My only frustration with Joe Mixon is that the week-to-week is so hard. (laughs) Hold your breath. I mean, I I always say this. I like roller coasters. I prefer them at amusement parks and not on my fantasy roster because I'm, I'm looking last year at some of the the weekly finishes uh-huh. for Joe Mixon. 8, 19, 42, 14, 28, 11, 11, 24, 1. You know, like this is like, this is life with Joe Mixon, right? Yeah. Like, great. Like the 1 is awesome. The 8 is awesome. Can we avoid the 42s in there? How about you just give me a collection of like 9s? Right, Listen, like I'd be he, okay with he, that. He keeps the relationship spicy. Like you, you never know. Like he's that partner. Spicy. <laughs> he keeps he keeps you guessing. He keeps you on your toes. And I, like I said, I, I like him as a RB two. He's like my best RB two. You know, since you know Chris Carson isn't in the league anymore. He's kind of my replacement wow. guy. You know what I mean? Heard that name. Haven't heard that name. Yeah, I know, years. man. Shout out Chris <laughs> Carson. But like, I really feel as though, man, like this is a safe spot in that fourth round. And he's bouncing between the fourth and fifth round. I've seen him going. So I feel as though at that point. 
your running backs are pretty much locked up. You know who who's your gonna go to guy. So you got to roll the dice sometimes. Man. Speaking of which, you mentioned him coming off the board in like the fourth or fifth round, which which is about accurate when I when I've been drafted, what I've seen. Does this mean the RB dead zone is gone, or has it just moved to a different spot? I think it moved to a different spot. It definitely did. I mean, it, throughout the years, it's always different, but this one is kind of just like, ooh, wait, are we here? Are we in the dead zone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because look. Last year, two years ago, fourth, fifth round was a bunch of guys that you weren't really in love with. No, um, you know, they would get drafted, and then afterwards you would feel kind of queasy about it. Um, but now we're talking about getting Joe Mixon, you know, a quality back, as you mentioned, potentially an RB two yeah. in that in that fourth or fifth round. So I, I guess it's sort of shifted a little bit where that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just end up there. Like, how did I get here? <laughs> right. Exactly. Man. Uh, over to Chicago, Justin Fields says the chemistry with his new wide receiver, DJ Moore, came on quickly in minicamp. Um, mm. Now, I know where we're taking Justin Fields, right? He's coming off the board as a top five quarterback. Yeah. Uh, in I love that situations. for him. DJ Moore, right now, wide receiver 26. Um, this is an offense that you know didn't throw the ball super well last year. Fields no. is still developing as a passer. Yeah. Uh, for more wide receiver 26 too high too low just right what do you think goldilocks uh i think it's just right man like wide receiver 26 like he's bouncing between that fifth and sixth round and at that point he's either my second or third wide receiver on my on my roster so i i kind of feel comfortable with that because we know he's the alpha target over there and he will be fed whenever the bears do decide to throw but i do get very uncomfortable with him as my wide receiver one as my first yeah. wide receiver on my roster and, you know, with those team bills that you do take Drake London in the third round and with a high target share, but they're both on very low pass volume offenses. So I get a little skeptical when I get there into that realm of like thinking about DJ Moore as my first wide receiver. Yeah, I, I definitely don't want him as my wide receiver one without a doubt, no. just because the pass volume is going to be low. And even if he gets a significant number, uh, significant percentage of those targets, it still puts a little bit of a ceiling on, on what he could do. All right, so let's, I mean, let's play a, a little game of Who'd You Rather. Uh, DJ Moore or Christian Kirk? Ooh, man, I'm going Christian Kirk, man. All right. Uh, <laughs> DJ Moore or Brandon Ayuk? Oh, man. I might, I might go DJ Moore here. Really? I might. See, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an Ayuk guy. I know myself. you're an Ayuk guy. I'm an Ayuk guy. <laughs> I know you're going to go that uh, guy. I, am, I'm, I'm a, I just, you know, I think Brandon Ayuk's going to have a huge season this year. Uh, one more. DJ Moore or Mike Williams? Ooh. Uh, uh, Mike or Mike Williams. This, yeah. This oh. the, roll the dice on the injury history because this Chargers offense is going to be explosive this year. Uh, I think so. I well, you know, I know some folks are are big on Quentin Johnston. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he's waiting in the wing. He'll get his turn. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one other thing about the Bears offense. Um, last year, Justin Fields, 2,242 passing yards. Mm -hmm. What are your expectations passing wise for Fields this year? I mean, man, looking at last year. uh I do expect the team to increase their pass volume because they were dead last in 2022 with only 22 pass attempts per game, dead last in receptions per game with only 13. That, that's nasty work to really look at. But you got this new shiny toy in DJ Moore, and we're hearing that the chemistry's built. We're hearing that Justin Fields is light years ahead of where he was last year. So I'm going to go with 3,100 passing yards Ooh, okay. with a so top six QB finish. So he, gets over, he gets over 3,100 yards. Yeah, he gets over 3,000 3, yards, rather. Um, 
Yeah, that sounds that sounds about like the ceiling for me. Yeah. I was going to put him more around twenty eight hundred yards. Yeah, um, you know, but again, you're still getting eight nine hundred rushing yards. Oh yeah, that's on the table, <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's sort of what you're you're kind of hoping for as a baseline, and then mm-hmm. whatever you get, you know, passing wise, anything above I think twenty five hundred feels sort of like a bonus for him. Absolutely, um, you know, and, and hopefully DJ Moore sort of helps uh, in that regard. Last piece of news, because I always like throwing Taysom Hill stuff in here because it makes my brain itch and I hopefully (laughs) it does the same for you all. Um, Reports that Taysom Taysom Hill is working toward an expanded role as a receiver in 2023 because, you know, he couldn't just make our lives miserable by taking food off of Alvin Kamara's plate. Now he's got to now he's got to go, you know, grazing off somebody else's lunch. (laughs) Um, Chris Olave is. Everybody's drafting Chris Olave. We all love him. He's you know second round guy probably in a lot of drafts. But how are you approaching these Saints wide receivers in the non Chris Olave division? Um, I tell you right now, I'm fading Michael Thomas. Uh, I'm just not ready for that roller coaster you spoke about <laughs> because that partner just has not been available for two years. So I'm mostly unavailable to Michael Thomas right now. But Jawan Johnson's an interesting grab in those later rounds. Um, I like. Uh, Rashid Shahid, but he's one of those players I'll root for from a distance on my buddy's roster. On the weeks that I'm not facing him, he's like housing a touchdown here and there. <laughs> but you know, I, I got to be honest; like, I really only have interest in Chris Olave in this in this offense because I think him and Derek Carr are going to develop something so special that downfield ball is going to be great, and Chris Olave is going to be flying all over the field. So, to be honest, it, you really be throwing the dice on some of these other guys that's in that wide receiver core. I want Chris Olave. That might be it. Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> Here's the thing: I, if I do enough, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm slowly doing best ball drafts in here. I feel yeah. like if I do enough of them, I'm sure Michael Thomas will show up somewhere. Yeah. Um, maybe a Rashid Shahid will show up somewhere, but I'm not going to be excited about it. Um, you know, Derek Carr is good enough. We know he can support multiple pass catchers. We saw it yeah. before. You know, when they had Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Um, I just there's just no one here. That can if, really if you could convince me Michael Thomas was fully healthy and ready to go again. Which you cannot. You can't. No. <laughs> I, would be, I would be back in. I'd be, all right, let's go. <laughs> but you can't You can't promise that for me. And so that that makes me nervous. About I mean, it. they have uh, the Brian Edwards, you know, Mr. Yeah. T.O. I, you know, <laughs> when he was drafted by the Raiders, I really did try that rookie year to get in on Brian Edwards. Did you? And even, even year two. I was like, all right, let's uh, give it another shot. You know, he was banged up that yeah. first year. Like, you know, I'm, I'm out, man. I'm out. I've let go. Of, I've let go of the rope on Brian Edwards. Nice. I wish him the best, but I'm not going to draft him on my fantasy team. All right, that gets us through the news. Let's turn our attention though to some of these black box offenses. I picked oh, yeah. four offenses from last year that weren't particularly very good, and uh, you know, let's let's dive in and see sort of how we feel about some of these. So I started with. The Rams, because we got Laquan here, who oh, yeah. is uh, our resident Rams fan here in, <laughs> on the fantasy side of things, pulled out three recent headlines uh, regarding the Rams in this offense. One, Cam Akers will be a, quote, central figure oh, yeah. in the team's offense. Uh, the next one is that the Rams, quote, feel confident in Van Jefferson. I am a self-proclaimed Van Stan. At least Let's I go. have been. Uh, and then the third one, Sean McVay saying Puka Nakua has been, quote, really impressive so let's kind of take this in totality right the rams yeah. last year it was not great not um got worse when cooper cup went down the offensive line was a I shambles cried. i cried <laughs> i definitely cried <laughs> um, the offensive line was a shambles last year 
Uh, you know, late in the season, you have you know Matt Stafford getting beat up. The yeah. whole thing was awful. It was rough. Let's start though in the right in the backfield because, and I've said this before, I believe it was uh, our pal Neil Dutton uh, who coined the, the phrase that Cam Akers and Sean McVay were the Ross and Rachel of the NFL. <laughs> it was on again. It was off again. We uh, were on a break. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't know who plays the you know Aisha Tyler character. If that's Daryl Henderson, whatever. It's a yeah. whole thing. Um. Now he's back because yeah. it seemed like no matter how hard the Rams tried, they kept coming back to Cam Akers because yeah. they couldn't find another real solution. Yeah. How confident are you with, you know, Sean McVay, all sunshine and light, that Cam Akers is the guy there in the Rams backfield? Like, I, I believe that their relationship is good right now. I think they're back on the same page because Akers finished strong last season. Yes. And, man, it was great to see him put points back on the board. I mean, weeks 13 through 18, Akers was RB5, 18 fantasy points per game, 5.2 yards per carry, and six touchdowns. Completely night and day how he started that season. So I think with them on the same page, they're going to try to keep that momentum, try to keep the relationship strong and communicate because – it was nasty work last season in the beginning. It was looking really, really bad. But it's good to see that, you know, things are looking up for Cam Akers. They are looking up for Cam Akers. And he's a guy that I've actually been drafting in a few spots simply because I – and this was before today's news, by the way, that Sony Michelle is Ooh. coming back. Yeah. Um, but before that, I looked around and I said, look, the, the guy behind him is Kyron Williams. And last year, there were a couple of weeks where they – they tried to make Kyron Williams the, the running back one and make yeah. him the starter. And he still got outperformed by Akers. Akers, yeah. Played more snaps. He still got outperformed. Um, so I just I, – I can't see a situation where they're really going to try and force a committee. Uh, I think some of these other guys will get opportunities. Yeah. Um, I think this season we'll see more of Akers just with the addition of the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur. Like, I definitely think he can get more more involved in the passing game. I mean, that's all we've been waiting for for Akers. We've seen him have flashes catching passes out of the backfield. But can I nerd out real quick over sure, Mike please. LaFleur? I mean, look, the offenses over the years that he's been involved with, like if we look at the Jets, 2021 to 2022, Jets were third in running back targets per game with eight. And then 2017 to 2020 for San Francisco – he was the, the the running backs were fifth in running back targets with eight and 2017 Carlos Hyde. He finished fifth in targets among running backs like that just sounds crazy to me. <laughs> right. And then 2015 with his time with the Falcons, we have a uh, Devontae Freeman finish RB one. Like I'm buying whatever he's selling McVay on this offense. And hopefully McVay is buying and executing this on Sundays. I mean, I, I can only see acres. ADP slightly and slowly, surely going up once we start seeing those tapes of seeing him catching passes out the backfield. Like, it's going to be great, man. Nothing like training camp video to man to yeah. skyrocket a dude's <laughs> ADP. That's nothing, nothing like it. I will say all this. Uh, the other thing I would throw in is the offensive line is still not going to be great. Get the ball out you've, fast, you've man. You've got an immobile quarterback. <laughs> in Get that Stafford. ball out. <laughs> Could be a lot of panic, uh, panic targets yeah. uh, for Cam Akers this year. That, that's possible as well. Uh, Speaking of the passing game in Los Angeles, we yeah. know Cooper Cup is going to be a target monster because that's just Alpha. what he does. Who's the number two target behind him there? I've gone over this. I've, lo I've looked at the notes and I've, I've gone over this in my head trying to figure out who's the number two. And I want to say it's Van Jefferson, but I'm not 100% sure right mm. now. Like through the past years, around this time, we kind of already know who the number two is. We're trying to figure out who's number three. But right. <laughs> it's like, man, I want to say Van Jefferson, but his health is definitely... 
in the back of my mind when I'm drafting him as like the number two target. My dark horse, honestly, is Cam Akers, but yeah. <laughs> we already spoke on him. But yeah. I would have to say it's hard to say Van Jefferson when you have Puka in the shadows just building his hype, man. I, you know, I'm also kind of throwing a little bit of something toward Tyler Higby. There you go. Offense, yeah. Potentially. Um, Remember a couple years ago, he had that finish to the season where 2019, he was like, five games. Yeah, he, he was like <laughs> super Gronk for her. For I a mean, while, look, right? man, you got broken Todd Gurley. You, you got a Josh Reynolds that wasn't developed, and you know, guys were injured and banged up. Of course, he's gonna have that. Game. I mean, I remember he ate and ate and ate. We were all like, Tyler Higby's gonna be a top three tight top end three. next year, and that that didn't really happen. No. But <laughs> but I do think he's going to see a lot of work. I think Cam Akers is definitely in the running for that number two target. Definitely a dark horse, yeah. But it really <clears throat> is sort of wide open, which brings me to my third question about the Rams. Um, so I wrote it as, is there an under-the-radar guy you're targeting? What I really meant is, where are you drafting Puka, Puka Nakua? <laughs> man, Nakua, man, he, 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 when I watch his tape, man, he can be really used anywhere on the field. He's doing end-arounds, jet sweeps, and going downfield as a contested tetch, uh, catch a wide receiver. So I know Sean McVay is loving this guy through camp, and especially with Cooper Cup giving him praise as well. And once I seen that jersey reveal of number 17, I was like, oh, yeah. This is Robert Woods. <laughs> this is Robert Woods time, baby. So I can definitely see him having some type of impact, but I'm not going to say he's going to have an impact on day one. He's more of those guys like you're happy you have stash and he's showing up on the back end of the season. Gives us a little sneak peek of year two production. You know what I mean? So I definitely like tagging him in the 15th round, maybe. But this hype is building, man. You might have to reach on him. Yeah, I'm I'm I have, you know draft him a few times late and as long as he stays kind of around there and yeah the bottom part of drafts I'm anything beyond 10 i'm good <laughs> right i mean so if he starts moving up then, yeah. then i'm gonna be out yeah. um is this gonna work out better than 2-2 at well absolutely right. and i kind of want to pat myself on the back about that i'm like oh he's been drafted to be special teams he, he's definitely <laughs> he's gonna run that nine route like as soon as i seen the deshaun jackson signing all that, he's just gonna teach him that nine route burners get open <laughs> separation stuff like that but you know shout out to tutu and uh best ball let's let's move over to the steelers offensively they were not great last year they were they yeah. were painful to watch i i i compared them uh on the show to the movie The Fan. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Fan from no. the, the mid-90s. Um, quick story. I, I remember in college, uh, my roommate was like, hey, let's go to the movies. I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, what do you want to see? He said, let's go see The Fan. Uh, he's like, it's got Robert De Niro. It's got Wesley Snipes. Ooh. It's about baseball. And I'm what? like, that seems like a great idea. How did me. I not see this? It was terrible. <laughs> the movie was terrible. And like, it had all these great elements to it, things that I thought I would love. It was an awful, awful movie. Wow. And that was kind of like the Steelers in that <laughs> they've got Deontay Johnson and they've got Najee Harris. Yeah. and They've got Pat Fryermuth. They were really not fun to watch no. as an offense last Depressing. year. Depressing. <laughs> Very depressing. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I mean, if you if you really want to just make yourself ill for a couple hours, go rent the fan. Like I'm sure you can find it on yeah. uh, a streaming service for Amazon Prime yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Free check it out. Uh, it's not good. Anyway, the Steelers. A few headlines about them. One, could Jalen Warren see more work in 2023? He apparently looked very good in minicamp. Yeah. Uh, and the talk is it's going to be hard for the Steelers to keep him off the field yeah. uh, like they tried to last year. Headline two, Allen Robinson, quote, impressed in every facet. Yeah. I see your face. <laughs> kind of cringy right last now. Year with the Rams. Do you remember <laughs> what that was? We all remember what that was last year. Oh, Lord. Uh, but he impressed in every facet at minicamp. Three, 
Steelers wide receiver coach Frisman Jackson expects a, quote, big jump from George Pickens in year two. So uh, let's start back here at the running back spot. Yeah. Jalen Warren getting more work. Uh, Najee Harris was not quite as productive last year as he yeah. had been in, in his first year. A lot of touches, years. but. Well, part of it was that first year he had a ton of targets because yeah. you had Ben Roethlisberger who was just broken down broken. and couldn't throw the ball downfield. So he dumped it off to Najee Harris. Mm -hmm. That went away. When Roethlisberger sort yeah, of went away. Now we're talking about Jalen Warren getting more work potentially. Should we be fading Najee or is this just an overreaction? Uh, I wouldn't fade him. I mean, put it like this. You take Najee, you handcuff Jalen Warren. I mean, he's a stud. We saw some flashes last season where he's catching passes out the backfield, getting outside, hitting the edge hard, jumping over people, which is crazy. Right? I mean, <laughs> who's this guy, Todd Gurley? But I, I feel like he's a guy that I'll be glad that I got him in the later rounds if at any point Najee Harris is a no-go for the game. Like, he's going to get the work. He's going to be fed. They want to get this guy involved. So why not the opportunity, you know, if Najee is going to miss some time to, like, really make him the workhorse to see what you got in this young guy? I mean, it'll be a no-brainer plug-and-play if Najee's out. He's an angry runner, and I love angry runners. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, first the first year, he had 94 targets. Uh, that number came down to 53 hmm. last year. Yep. Um, he's he's given he's giving you over 1,200 scrimmage yards in both years. He's given you 10 total touchdowns in both years, but uh, the number of touches went down significantly. Mm -hmm. I would think this year, if they're really serious about putting Jalen Warren on the field more often. I think you see Najee's touches go under 300. He was at 313 mm. last year. I see that number potentially dipping down. Maybe you're looking at, you know, 275. Maybe Najee's ADP needs to come down a little bit. You know, more. and right now he's the running back 12, I believe Should it is. Uh, 15 um, might be better. And, and I, but, I'm, <laughs> but again, so this is this is the thing, right? Looking around. Let's 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 do who would you rather again? Najee mm. Harris or Travis Etienne? Travis Etienne. Najee Harris or Jameer Gibbs? Ooh, giddy up. Give, give me Gibbs. <laughs> give me Gibbs, man. Yeah. Um, all right, here's what we talk about. Najee Harris or Joe Mixon? Oh, God. Since we just talked about Joe Come Mixon. Come on, Marcus. <laughs> this is hard, actually. Uh, I'm not supposed to make this easy on you. I mean, uh, what do you think this is? I might go Najee. I might go I'd Najee. probably go Najee over yeah. Joe Mixon. Um, yeah, I just... maybe And maybe that's where the... I would say maybe that's where the dead zone is hitting. But oh, that's yeah. sort of round... Early round four. Four-ish. Yeah. Which, again, brings me back to maybe the dead zone is sort of floating. <laughs> it's floating. Because when I think about that fifth round, I'm still seeing Kenneth Walker on the board. Yeah. Or Miles Sanders. And these are guys that I think are going to outperform their ADP. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Um, Over to the passing game, though, in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett. We all, I think, are agreed that the success... Or, or lack of success in fantasy with the pass catchers really hinges on Kenny Pickett, what yes. he can do. How many pass catchers do we think he can legitimately support? I mean, like how many guys, let's just say, you know, for wide receiver, let's call it a top, what, 36 finish, making a wide receiver yeah. three. Yeah. For Pat Fryer, move the top 12 finish. I mean, how many different pass catchers can he support? Um, I do expect him to take a step forward. Um, I want to say three comfortable, and that's wow. with Pat Firemove and Deontay Johnson. That third, I'm questioning. It mm -hmm. could be Pickens. It it could be Robinson. It, it just gets a little interesting when we're trying to play the guessing game of 
if Kenny Pickett's actually going to take this step forward. Right. Like, we just need him to literally take one step forward because I think he finished strong, you know, on the back end of that season. And I really feel as though he learned a lot. And this offseason, I mean, we just have to wait until training camp to hear the reports of his decision making, if he's able to read guys, what chemistry he's building the most. But I think Deontay Johnson's the alpha here regardless, though. I'm going to go with two. I think Johnson for sure. I think Fryermuth. I think the rest of that is going to be split up between Pickens and Allen Robinson. They're going to sort Najee of battle Harris, each yeah. other. Najee Harris. They're all going to sort of cannibalize each other for the rest of those targets. Um, I, you know, I I think anything more than that feels very optimistic. This was a team that was sort of middle of the pack with, uh, with pass attempts. They uh, were tied for 16th with the Broncos. But where um, are the touchdowns, man? <laughs> they did not have a lot of passing touchdowns. Where are those touchdowns? That number was bad. Uh, they had the fewest passing touchdowns of any team in the league yeah. at 12, which, by the way, also has impacted, I think, Deontay Johnson's hard um, ADP, which... Which is fine. Yeah, well, so, so, so my next question is, are you buying into the George Pickens hype? Because about a month ago, George Pickens was going ahead of Deontay Johnson oh, in best ball drafts. And then, you know, I don't know who the first person was to point this out. But everybody's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, why is this happening? Right. And then it's flipped the other way. We're now Johnson is going ahead of Pickens and the ADP is starting to come up on Johnson. I think basically what happened is people looked around and, you know, a lot of the people who were in the know who watched Tate were like, hey, man, this dude is a good route runner. He gets open. He gets targets. Mm -hmm. And then people who, you know, maybe are more casual or didn't watch all that stuff looks like, yeah, but he had zero touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And like <laughs> you can listen to all these tape grinders, all these, you know, these people who do charting, who do really good work, who are like, yeah, he's really, really good at this. And then somebody comes back and is like, yeah, zero touchdowns. What do you what do you want me to do about that? I mean, oh, man, it's, so, it's crazy. But it's a long way of basically saying, I know you like Deontay Johnson. I like yeah. Deontay Johnson. But but George Pickens is a highlight reel waiting to happen. Are you are you buying that? Um. It's a fade for me at ADP. And like, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying he's not going to take a step forward in year two, but it's not a large enough step for me to pay that price at ADP. Mm -hmm. um, I know the catch was amazing. I know we all watched that like 20 times, but <laughs> right. there's a lot more going on behind that. And like, if we look at the games where Kenny Pickett in the driver's seat, I mean, Pickens only had a 14% target share behind Pat Faramuth with 17% target share. So Pickens is going ahead of a guy who has the most gains with 10 plus targets since 2020 with 30 games it's kind of crazy to me that's Deontay Johnson by the way <laughs> yeah I mean so here's the thing George Pickens is what I like to think of as a a red zone receiver and I don't mean like inside the 20 yard line I mean as in like Scott Hansen seven hours of commercial free football red zone <laughs> in the sense that like if you're watching red zone you're not seeing every drive you're not seeing no. every play necessarily of a game but you are seeing the highlights so when George Pickens does something amazing it shows up on Red Zone. It shows up on your Twitter feed. It shows yep. up on all the highlight shows. And so that yep. is what you think. You're like, man, this dude must be amazing. And then you go look at the numbers and it's like, you know, three for 37. One of them happened to be that ridiculous highlight reel. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, again, Deontay Johnson is the guy who's moving the chains. He's putting in the work. He's getting yeah. the targets. He's getting the catches. But because he didn't catch one in the painted area last year, everybody's <laughs> a little bit down on him. Which is fine. We all love touchdowns. We all love touchdowns. I get it, man. It's the whole name of the game. Um, <laughs> but, but sometimes you can be good without scoring touchdowns. Exactly. It really is a thing. Uh, we got a couple more teams we're going to dive into. But first, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh, do more of some black box offenses. And then we'll play a little bit of keep, trade, or cut. Ooh. It's coming up next on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Looking into some black box offenses, uh, offenses that weren't particularly good in 2022 and trying to decipher what they might be in 2023, at least for fantasy purposes. Uh, down to the Music City, Tennessee Titans. Uh, your your hey, headlines yeah. for the Titans. Tajay Spears has been, quote, one of the most active players this offseason. That made my heart flutter because I have been drafting. What Ty does J. that Spears. actually mean, though? I mean, he's just, you know, let's get active like he's just you know, he's just everywhere on the he's field? just doing a lot of things <laughs> okay know? i mean it could it could be eyewash but you know he's running around and being active and that's oh, okay uh second headline Traylon burks has been ryan Tannehill's favorite target at otas or only target that he is ryan Tannehill's only target. there you go OTAs. <laughs> but you know whatever we'll not we won't nitpick there and uh the third one malik willis Makes minicaps camp surge to be the QB two over Will Levis. This is that actually mean interesting. He's officially, the QB two. Yeah, but he's making a push to potentially be the QB two. So, I asked this question. I asked it this way, and it's probably not the best phrasing of it, but I think you'll sort of understand what I'm getting at here, right? Yeah. Derrick Henry, he's still El Tractorcito. He's still the focal point of this Tennessee <laughs> offense, yeah. but he is getting up there in age. Mm -hmm. uh, he's had a ton of work. There is talk that maybe he could be moved at the trade deadline if things aren't going well Ooh. for the Titans. Tajay Spears has been one of the, quote, most active players this offseason. Yeah. So I, I'm asking is, should we be fading Derrick Henry? But I guess the better way is, should we be concerned about Derrick Henry, at least in Tennessee? I think concern when you're drafting um, – just get your expectations in order, but never fade the king. I mean, <laughs> you know, one thing's for sure, Def taxes Derrick Henry 300-plus touches. <laughs> like, I, I think we kind of understand that. And I was actually surprised to see the career high in receptions, targets, and receiving yards last mm -hmm. season, which is great. But I think you bring in Tajay Spears to kind of take some of that load off. But I'm still drafting the king. He's still good to bust off a 76-yard run. You know, so I, I'm still in on Derrick Henry, but it is interesting to hear that they're might be trying to trade him before the deadline if Tennessee is not going in the direction they want to go. I mean, yeah, he's he's getting near the end of the contract. I think yeah. they would prefer to if they could get something in return for him. Uh, definitely. That. You know, I've been glad that they decided to throw him the football because that was the one knock against him. Look. Yeah, for all the years he, was he heard all you, of us, you know, fifteen hundred <laughs> yards, two thousand yards, giving you double digit touchdowns. That was amazing. And I'm like, why don't they just? They don't even have to make him a route runner, right? Just split him. I just throw him a little screen, yeah. right? Like he's a tank. Put him in space <laughs> and let DBs try to tackle him. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you do that? It was like suddenly the light came on. They're like, hey man, we got this big old dude. Like, why don't we just give him the ball in space and let DBs try to tackle him? And I was oh, like, wow. man, how'd you come up with that one? <laughs> um, you know, so. Again, last year, 41 targets, 33 catches, 398 yards. Like yeah. That's not going to blow you away. But when you add that to what he gives you as a runner, ground, geez. that made him Scary. so much better. It and did. I'm curious to see if Tennessee continues that or if, as you mentioned, uh, Ty J. Spears sort of carves out that pass catching yeah. role on, on third down there. Uh, Traylon Burks, you mentioned, has been Ryan Tannehill's favorite target at OTAs. 
Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about Trayvon Burks? <sighs> I want to get excited about him. I just, I can't. And like, he's that s- not sexy pick to me. Smart people have given me all sorts of reasons why Traylon Burks <laughs> could be a thing. Like, I mean, really do. Like, look, you know, like, can he be a thing as a player? Can he be a thing in Tennessee? That's that's where it needs to get kind of clear <laughs> that that is you know that's an interesting way to put it yeah because like I, he's more of a player that i need to wait and see you know what i mean like we saw the flashes last season but this is another low passing volume offense with questions at the quarterback group you know what i mean like i mean yeah i understand that he's a premier player for them and i really love that you know he's healthy now and hopefully he can stay healthy and stay on the field but we might see uh you know a carousel of quarterbacks this year we might see all three of them on the field at one point i mean yeah, like I said, I, I want to get excited about Traylon Burks. I just yeah. can't. You know, people have told me about you know his his targets per route run, yeah. um, you know, his ability to get open and, and 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 you know earn targets. I've seen you know threads of clips about what he does well, what he doesn't do well. Yeah. Um. I just I just look at the Titans' passing game and I'm like, eh. it's lacking. Eh. <laughs> it's lacking. And I just I I do I really want to be excited about him. I just can't. I think I've no. drafted him once or twice, but I don't. I don't get hyped I just up don't about it. see much of the hype to be honest. I mean the flashes are good, but this is another, like I said, low passing volume. I mean, twenty-eighth in pass percentage last year, by the way. Fifty point nine percent. Twenty-eighth. So I'm just looking like they're not gonna be throwing the ball enough for it to be constant flashes. This seems like another season of flashes. Hopefully he stays healthy and another season of less than ten fantasy points per game. And I just you know, I remember the the whole selling point for him in draft season was he is a poor man's AJ Brown. That was that was you know. You're I mean, not going to sell me it, saying a poor man. Well, anything. And I, and I, and I, think, I think for me, I think the mental hurdle for me is that the Titans moved on from actual AJ Brown. Yeah. <laughs> why to not get, both to get discount AJ Brown? And I'm like, why? Yeah. You know, why do you do that? It's like, hey, hey, mom, like, uh, can we get AJ Brown? And the Titans like, we have AJ Brown at home. Like, it's just like, yeah. why? I don't. <sighs> so I, I, I want to get excited about Traylon Burks. And here's the thing. I will sit here, and if I am wrong, if if we get to the midpoint of the season and he is balling out and he looks like a you know wide receiver too, mm. I will sit here and tell you that like I swung and missed on it. Yeah. I just I just I can't I can't get myself excited about Traylon nah. Burks. I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Tannehill, as yes. far as I'm concerned, is going to enter the season as the starter unless something catastrophic happens. Will Ryan Tannehill be the starter all season long in Tennessee? No. And that's why I'm fading him. (laughs) No hesitation. Listen, I I think there's frustration in that quarterback room and them drafting Will Levis. It kind of just put put me in a way where like I usually wait for a guy like Ryan Tannehill because remember, he was a sneaky rusher. Like he was being up in that top 12 quarterback conversations because he was running the ball and getting rushing touchdowns. But I just feel as though, man, like. I cannot wait for quarterbacks and draft Ryan Tannehill if there's uncertainty if he's the starter for the rest of the season. Yeah, I I think what what potentially could happen is the Titans get off to a bad start. Yeah. They 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 get off to a bad start. Uh and either Tannehill, they decide again, do they want to move him? Do they want to try to trade him to a team that yeah. needs a quarterback? Because someone's quarterback is going to get hurt. It's yeah. just inevitable. It's just what happens. Do they try to move him. Or is it just so bad that the, the Titans look around and say, hey, you know what? Let's just see what Will Levis has. Let's yeah. just put him in here. I think those are very much in the realm of possibility. 
Uh, but I do think for at least the first month, six weeks, yeah, even two months, their bye week is week seven, I believe. Yeah, so so I, you can get, get two months at least. I think at Brian least, yeah. starter until we two really have this. this I'm game. just not drafting him. <laughs> I'm not drafting Brian. Tannehill. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not drafting. We're, him. we're not we're not doing that um, this year. But who are we? We're drafting what? Derrick Henry. We're drafting. I guess we're drafting Traylon Burks. I guess. Uh, we're drafting. Chig? I'm drafting Ty J Spears. Are we talking Chig? Chig. We are drafting Chig. I forgot about We're Chig. drafting Chig. Yes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's about it. Um, <laughs> last one. And I, I had a tough time coming up with a fourth one. But I, I settled on the, the Washington Commanders. Uh, Ron Rivera says Sam Howell will enter training camp as the starter. Love that. Uh, Rivera also says Antonio Gibson could be a, quote, matchup nightmare. For right. <laughs> and... There's some speculation that the commanders could feature tight ends heavily in the passing game. So let's start at the quarterback. Sam Howell right now projected to be the starter, but Jacoby Brissett is hanging around there in Washington. Yeah. Who is your preferred Washington quarterback? Not because you're drafting that player, but because they could potentially elevate everybody else around him. Uh, I think if you want to win games, you go with Sam Howell. I mean, I like what I saw from Sam Howell. I've quietly been on this hype train. I mean, watching preseason last season, he's so cool, calm, and collected in the pocket and under pressure and has the ability to take off upfield and get those extra yards on the ground that you like. And I like what he put on tape. I mean, during preseason, you know, he had 115.7 passer rating on the run and 111.7 passer rating under pressure as per next gen stats. So super flex leagues, I'm targeting him as my QB three. He's a solid player wow. with plenty of upside. Yeah. Right. I'm buying all into it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I would like him at least as the quarterback. I don't know if I feel comfortable enough drafting him even as a QB three. I think hmm. my third QB, I'm, I'm trying to take shots on, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, somebody like Trey that. Lance. Um, what was that? Trey Lance. No, no. <laughs> No, I, side note, why is Trey Lance going ahead of Brock Purdy in drafts? Like, I don't understand. That's what? another question mark in my head. But I mean, I know why. Like Everybody wants that upside, right? They yeah. want him to have that Justin Fields kind of season. But like, yeah. you can't do that from the sideline. No, And can't. all signs are pointing toward Brock Purdy being ready to go ready, for yeah. one. Which is great news. It's great news, right? And so that, that means that the potential value of production for Trey Lance goes down. Yet I know for at least for a while, I haven't checked recently, but for a while, uh, Trey Lance is going ahead of Brock Purdy, and it 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 frustrated the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, my my point being, I think I'd rather have Sam Howell because I feel like he's at least maybe going to be a little bit more aggressive in pushing the ball. Yeah. I mean, Jacoby Brissett is a nice, safe quarterback, but if I'm drafting Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson or somebody, I don't want safe. I want you taking shots down yeah. the field, especially because look, if I have a wide receiver or a tight end or a running back in this offense. The interceptions don't necessarily hurt me. I mean, yeah. they, they they limit possessions, and that part is bad, but I'm not losing points over it. So no. take your shots. I mean, that's why we love Taylor Heineke. I mean, he oh, was going to take yeah. his shots down the field. Love Taylor Heineke. And it was great. So I guess if, for that reason, Sam Howell is probably the guy I want. Hype trainer smokescreen. This is the Antonio Gibson breakout season. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that looks like a smoke. The way your face just turned, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to say smokescreen. It's definitely a smokescreen, man. I, <laughs> I feel like these reports are so annoying at this point, and I don't, they all seem like lies. I don't know what's but going on. But now Eric Bieniemy is there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I was on the Antonio Gibson train last year listening to reports and stuff that, you know, he, he's in the doghouse and all this other stuff. Brian Robinson, Brian 50 Cent Robinson, by the way. Um, I think it's a, it's a smokescreen because... <laughs> <laughs> we saw both these guys kind of kill each other's value last year because 
when it comes to the red zone duty, they com- split it in completely in half. And like, that's the part of the field where I don't like coaches playing with my touchdowns, man. <laughs> like, no, like assign a role and let's get it done. And, you know, Antonio Gibson, you know, reports are usually seasonal at this point. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm buying back in. Are you? I'm ready to get my heart broke again. I'll, I get, the, I'll get the ice I think, cream in the I notebook. I think there's going to be more targets there. Uh, again, I talked yeah. about. Uh, you know, Joe Mixon may be getting more targets with no Shamaje P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. J.D. McKissick's not in Washington anymore. Ooh. So maybe some of those targets end up going to Antonio Gibson. There has been talk that that the commanders want to play faster. They want to be a little bit more, more aggressive, aggressive in the passing yeah. game. And so maybe this means more for Antonio Gibson. And look, I get where you are. I totally do. Yeah. Right? We have had these. <laughs> my, my frustration has always been that for Ron Rivera, every time he got a running back who could catch passes, he would always compare him to Christian McCaffrey. And I'm yeah. like... It's not Christian McCaffrey. He's just a running back who catches the football. Exactly. Like, those are two different things. So I'm not uh, – let me just preface it. I'm not expecting him to be – to turn into Christian McCaffrey or no. Austin Eckler or Saquon. But I do think he could have a pass-catching role in this offense. Yeah. And at where the ADP is right now, I'm okay with it. I He's mean, safe. you're talking about, you know, eighth, ninth round. Yeah, for, I'm just being bitter. For Antonio That's Gibson. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um Here's the thing. I, I also sort of like Brian Robinson. I've sort of diversified. I've taken shots at both of those guys. Really? Yeah. Um, again, because of where the the ADP is. Yeah. And you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm drinking the Eric B enemy Kool-Aid a little bit. Maybe things a little get bit. better in Washington. But I, I just sort of like them. There. I, I like Brian Robinson a lot. He's he's one of those pure runners. He's explosive. Like if he breaks to that second level, it's probably going to the house. Mm-hmm. You know, we just have to hope that this uh, commander's offense is playing as aggressive. They want to and they're clicking and chemistry and Sam Howe is making good decisions. That's what's important for this entire offense to click. But I believe in Sam Howe, you know, and I think Antonio Gibson, like you said, with the ADP, he's safe. Yeah, he's safe. That's it. He's he's safe. It's not really a major risk. Yeah, I think of drafting it. Low risk, high reward. We'll put it like that. Uh, last one for Washington. Which pass catchers are you targeting in the non Terry McLaurin division? I guess it could be better phrased as how many pass catchers because there are other guys, but how many yeah. are you you targeting? Uh, Jahan Dotson's definitely the clear target for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you miss out on Terry McLaurin, that's kind of how I've been doing because I've been going after Terry like aggressive. So mm-hmm. the times where I miss him, I'm like okay kind of grin a little bit when I get Jahan Dotson because he has a strong red zone presence, deep threat. He finished strong last season too, like under the radar. Not many people were talking about him from weeks 13 to 18, 14 fantasy points per game. He was wide receiver 17 with a 23% target share. So I'd like his 2023 outlook. Uh, I do like I like Jahan Dotson. Any any interest in Curtis Samuel? Can I interest you in a Curtis Samuel this year? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any interest in a Logan Thomas? Perhaps? Logan Thomas, man, uh, he got to stay healthy, man. He's getting up there in age, like really up there in age. But I, the reports, like you said, are wanting to be more, you know, focus involvement with the tight ends. But I gotta, I kind of have to see it because there's probably, you know, a young guy on the roster that ends up popping out. You know what I mean? Like we've seen that happen in Denver. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and I, I could see you know Washington trying to figure out maybe something at the tight end spot and rotating a couple of guys yeah. through there. Thomas will be thirty two uh, in just a couple of weeks. So uh, that's happy birthday, happy birth, happy early birthday, Logan Thomas. Yeah, I am you know obviously McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Um, yeah, I feel like I get to a late in the draft and I will see Curtis Samuel's name there and I'll probably just <laughs> scroll. What year is it? <laughs> hey man Curtis Samuel was going to be a thing yeah like, yeah know, several years ago yeah seven more years ago <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, those. Anyway, that's our look at some uh, some black box offenses. Uh, there's probably some other ones out there that maybe we can hit uh, before yeah. training camp starts up again. But uh, I always do a little movie thing at the end of the show. So a little keep trade cut. Uh, this was a game that you have come up with. Yeah. Uh, that you have played. I'm excited to play this one with you. Uh, just a, a top line. Explain explain what the game is. Here. All right. So it's keep trade cut with a twist. So we're keeping the movie thing for Florio's festival, yep. film festival, which is dope. You know, shout out to Florio. And, you know, keep trade cut. It's basically you pick three movies, but the trade, you have to trade the actor. So you have to replace them. Okay. The role stays the same character. The movie stays completely the same. It's just that you're going to do a little substitution. Okay. Can I hit you with the first one? Please do. All right. Listen, three movies, the Bad Boys franchise. Mm-hmm. Men in Black franchise. Okay. I am Legend. The actor, obviously, Will Smith. Right. But for a trade, you have to trade him out for Nick Cannon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I think I'm keeping. Ooh, this is tough. Yeah, I know. Because you're essentially losing two movies. You're here. like, you're losing. <laughs> you're losing. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to keep I am Legend. Good man. Um, <laughs> I will trade. I have to trade one of them. So I'm going to trade. I'll trade Nick Cannon for Men in Black. Really? Yeah, because okay. I just can't see. If, if I was going to trade him in Bad Boys, <laughs> one, I, one, I can't trade him in I Am Legend. I just can't see no, Nick Cannon. No, because you will ruin the movie. It's just not going to happen. Nothing against Nick Cannon, but no. If I'm trading him <laughs> in Bad Boys... Then I feel like I also have to swing a deal for Martin Lawrence. Like I can't have Nick Cannon and Martin Lawrence together. Like it has to be like Nick. That's the other part. I can't see Nick Cannon as Mike Lowry. Like yeah. I just can't. I can't see him as Mike. Like if I'm gonna, if we're gonna redo Mike Bad Lowry. Boys, then I think it's you know you're talking about like Michael B. Jordan and Kevin Hart. There or you something go. Like that, right? But I can't see it might Nick be a Cannon movie in Mike the mix. Lowry. So I got to trade him in Men in Black. I could, I could see Nick Cannon alongside Tommy Lee Jones yeah. in the whole Men in Black thing. I think he actually made a cameo in Men in Black, if Did I'm he? not mistaken. All right, let's go sure. back and look at it. So, yeah. so I, it, it's a tough decision, but that means I have to cut the Bad Boys franchise, which yeah. honestly, like the first one was really good. Uh, the second one, I, I cut it on TV last night. I was like, eh, mm. sort of underwhelmed, uh, aside from the, <laughs> the crush I had on Gabrielle Union for a while. Um <laughs> And you know, I didn't. I haven't seen the the newest one. I'm like, it's been twenty plus years. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, the first one hits, man. Yeah, Maybe. first one. The first one still slaps. Uh, beyond that, they sort of they sort of lost me. So, so I'm keeping. I am Legend. I am trading uh, Men in Black, and I am cutting cutting Bad. Boys. That's not bad, man. That's not bad, honestly. All right. But essentially, you lost two, which is fine. Yeah, which stinks. <laughs> Can we do another one? Yeah, please. All right. Listen, you got Keanu Reeves as an actor. You got the Matrix franchise. Mm-hmm. Speed. Yeah. John Wick franchise. Yep. But the trade is Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this one was was fairly easy for me. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, it, it, I would say I'm cutting the Matrix franchise. It stinks. Like, I, it, it hurts. <laughs> okay. But again, it was another one where the first one was good. The second one was okay. It went on. It was like a little bit too long, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And the third one was just like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, so I'd have to cut the Matrix. I'm keeping speed for sure. Uh, that was one of the early selections in our Florio Film Festival. Nice. Uh, Good movie. So I'm keeping speed. And I'm, I'm trading Ryan Reynolds and John Wick. 
Because it would sort of be like Deadpool. Deadpool, right? Sort of like, like Deadpool this was kind of like an alley oop yeah. for you, really. Like, yeah. This so easy. I was like, when I saw this, I'm like, oh yeah, no, like I, I'm trading, I'm trading John Wick. Yeah. And I'm putting Ryan Reynolds there, and I think you don't really miss a beat. You have a little more humor, it, but it's, yeah. it's Deadpool. Like I asked world. my wife this last night, and I told her. Like, what would you do with Speed? And she said, I'll put Ryan Reynolds in there instead. And I'm like, what? I, don't, I, I was like, you kind of, that movie seems like it goes straight to VHS. Yeah, like I don't know then. if I could see, I mean, like, you know, if it were like a Netflix release, maybe you put Ryan Reynolds in maybe, Speed. But yeah. yeah, I just, I think it's a completely mm. different movie with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, completely so, different. Uh, you got one more, right? We <laughs> yeah, yeah. More. Let's do one more. So Bruce Willis. Yep. Got Die Hard, mm-hmm. The Sixth Sense, and The Fifth Element. The trade is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ah, uh, <laughs> all good movies. One, yeah, this one's so. I will tell you that I am not trading Arnold in the sixth sense. There's no way. You just <laughs> can can't, you can, imagine? You could not have Arnold Schwarzenegger in the sixth. Can sense. you imagine? That would not work. Um, so. We're keeping Die Hard because I think I just classic. I just think it's such a classic. Is and that I a Christmas movie? I've given up that fight. I was squarely on the side of it's not, but I know a losing battle when I see one. So like I'm just giving in. I'm like, fine, it's a Christmas movie. Let's just move there you on. go. Um, Good answer. Side note is a Player's Ball by Outcast, the Christmas song. Ooh. Go back and listen to it. I'm telling you that Outcast's Player's Ball is 100% a Christmas song. Really? I, all right, I gotta listen to it again. Um, so I'm keeping I'm keeping Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Okay. Um, I am because I can't trade Schwarzenegger in the no, you sense, can't. <laughs> I got to trade him in the fifth element, which means I have to cut the sixth sense. And that that's this was a tough one, man. That hurts my soul. But but the fifth element, I could kind of see Arnold Schwarzenegger because he's done some movies like Total Recall. Yeah. Me, you know what I mean? Like, I, could, I could sort of see him being Corbin Dallas. Uh-huh. A little bit there. <laughs> this was hard, man. Yeah. I mean, I thought about switching him out in Die Hard, too. But like, you know, welcome yeah. to the party. Pal. <laughs> like, I don't know. If- I don't know if that works. He could hit the get to the chopper. That movie the chopper. Like I just, you know, like I don't, I don't know that it quite works. So, no, it, it uh, doesn't. There it is. Six cents would have been cutting six cents, trading the fifth element. Damn, man, that was that was dope. Yeah, man. <laughs> I love playing these games, man. Like, yeah, our buddy uh, Matt Harmon. I played with Adam Sandler. I saw that you played yeah. it with Matt Harmon, which is amusing <laughs> to me because uh, Harmon's only seen like seven movies in his entire life. Yeah. So the fact that you got him to play this game uh, was was pretty awesome, amazing. man. Uh, hey, man, thanks for sitting in, dude. Appreciate yeah, definitely, it. man. Anytime, man. I'm around. I'm hanging out. Totally. We'll totally get you back on at some point, too, before uh, before you know we get to the start of the season. Yes, uh, and even we'll try to you know see if we can snatch you away from your research yes. and get you in in-season a couple of times, too. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that, that Sounds totally good. works out. Um, Florio will be back next week. Uh, and yeah, for those of you who are following along, our film festival selection for next week will be Independence Day because that'll be our last show before wow. the actual Independence Day yeah. holiday. Yeah. So uh, Florio has never seen Independence Day. In fact, he confuses it with Armageddon, which is an incredibly different movie can, than yeah. Independence Day. How can you? Uh, yeah. He, well. he confuses both of them. Would I you put Nikanon in Independence Day? Was that? Would you put Nikanon in Independence Day instead of Will Smith? I could, I could <laughs> see that. I, I could see him yeah. in, in Independence Day. It's not a bad trade. But like, it's, it's still not as good as Will Smith. No. 
Not I don't think it's the same movie anyway, though. Probably not. It wouldn't be that bad. But anyway, that'll be the movie next week when Florio will be back. Uh, we'll get Laquan back on at some point as yes. well. Uh, thanks to Josh and Susie, of course, uh, for production assistance. And uh, thanks to all of you for hanging out and listening to the show, uh, as you always do. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good, live well, enjoy some movies, stay out of the heat, and we'll talk to you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.